for the show that takes dog training beyond your backyard. It's Bark Talk with Bonnie. Brought to you by Advanced Canine Techniques, your dog training specialists. Hello, this is Bonnie, and welcome to our third episode of Bark Talk with Bonnie. I'm excited today we're going to be talking about anxiety. Um, and sometimes some of the tips that we mentioned here today might apply to people as well as to pets. The first thing when you're talking about anxiety um, with your pets is, one, I totally, I 100% feel you. Um, it, it is so hard to watch your pet when they're shaking, when they're nervous, when they're anxious, whether that has to do with getting in the crate, getting in the car, thunderstorms and fireworks, or separation from you. Um, I know that it's difficult and we want to do what we can. Even going to the vet can be um can be an anxious experience for dogs too. But one thing I do want to highlight for everybody is really you you want to be aware of the phrase, um, what you pet is what you get. So, and again, I feel you, this is really difficult, um, but when your dog is in an anxious or nervous state, the the best thing that you can do is to try to give them some techniques to help calm themselves down in ways to help them um, change their mindset a little bit. Um, if we reinforce that by petting them, reassuring them that it's okay, they're going to continue. They're not going to learn from that experience, and they're going to they're going to continue to keep shaking and be nervous every time that those incidents happen. So th- those are things that a lot of times it's we have to do what our pets need, not necessarily what we want to do for our pets. And that's something really important to keep in mind. You know, anytime we we do training sessions with dogs, you know, we continually kind of remind owners that, you know, you may have a dog and you 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 want them for companionship, you want them for um, attention, you kind of want to unload all of your you know, troubles of the day and venting to to your pet and they're absorbing all of this in, but sometimes it may not necessarily be what they need. Sometimes we need to give them more structure, more um, calming techniques, teaching them how to deal with some of those situations too. So throughout the episode today, we're going to talk about some different things that, um, um, different methods that you can try for some of the different anxieties that your dogs may be um, experiencing. The first thing to think about is looking at times when your dogs may be anxious in the house. Um, and that could be when you put them in the crate, when thunderstorms or fireworks are going off, or when or when you're separated from them. Sometimes it might just be a few feet away. Sometimes it might be in another room. I know sometimes if you do leave your dog in the house and then you go outside and you close the door, the minute that that door closes, all you hear is yipping and barking and whining. Um, And then your immediate response is to rush back in and reassure your pet again, Um, which you can do, but then you'll never leave your house because you're always going to be going back in to, to reinforce that behavior. So a lot of times what you can do is work on controlling the anxiety in the house first. So we're going to start with um, crate anxiety. You know, a lot of dogs, you know, a lot of owners don't like to crate their dogs. Um, I I am a proponent of crates. I think that they... um, they help with potty training. I think it's important for them to learn to be comfortable in a space. And whether it's a crate or an X-Pen, some kind of a confined area. Um, and the reason I think that that is beneficial, um, I know sometimes puppies struggle with it um, when you first bring them home. 
and it might take two or three days for them to get acclimated to that crate. But once they do, it becomes a nice, secure spot for them. And then down the road, whether your puppy's five or eight or even like 11 or 12, I just read a story about a 15-year-old dog that had to have surgery and had never acclimated to the crate. And the vet had required the dog to be on crate rest for a certain number of hours a day, every day. Um, And this owner just struggled. You know, her dog hated the crate. She never got used to the crate. Her dog had to be in a crate due to the um, the cast that was on the leg. Um, and she really had a difficult time. And a lot of um, trainers will tell you, if you don't teach your puppy how to um, become comfortable in a crate as a puppy, you can acclimate them to it as as an adult. It takes a little longer. It takes more patience. It takes time. A lot of times people will pay trainers to do this because we can look at your dog objectively. Um, I think a lot of times with your personal pet, it's difficult because your emotions and your feelings are tied into that dog. Whereas I can come in and, you know, either see that relationship already developing and I don't have a relationship with your dog. He hasn't chewed up my shoes. He hasn't jumped on me, hasn't broken anything. So I can come in as an objective person and I may be able to see that the dog is anxious, but as an objective third person, I can come in and say, okay, here's, here's some exercises that we're going to try. And I may demonstrate them and then have the owners demonstrate them. But a lot of times, once we see that the dog can cope with noises, going into the crate and not having a panic attack, um, being comfortable with fireworks and thunderstorms, it makes things a lot easier once you see that, yes, my my dog can do this. Um, And I think it's important when you look at anxiety too, to think positive. You know, yes, my dog has to get through this. Yes, I know my dog can do this. You know, sometimes, you know, we're we're quick to judge. Oh, my dog hates it. My My dog can't do it. My dog doesn't want to. And it's not so much that they don't want to, it's that they haven't taught how to utilize coping skills to help them with that. Um, And that can apply to different, you know, anxiety things with people as well. Um, And a lot of times too, depending on what the issue is that the dog is anxious about, sometimes we will recommend doing a good full vet check with your, with your vet, just to make sure, you know, making sure everything is where it's supposed to be. You know, if we, if we know it's specifically behavioral, then training is what we need to do next. But sometimes, you know, we want to rule out any medical issues that may be having an underlying cause for any of that anxious behavior as well. But a lot of times, if you think about, um, going into the crate. Um, and, and I hear this all of the time. My dog hates the crate. He doesn't want to go into the crate. You know, every time I put her in there, she barks and she whines. And some of it is how long have you actually let the dog experience being in the crate? Have you just sat outside the crate door and waited them out for 15 minutes? Um, have you tried to um, put, put food in the crate? put toys in the crate, make everything good that happens come from being in the crate. Um, So a lot of times we just haven't given it enough time to actually be successful. So that's one thing to keep in mind is, you know, anytime you're working on um, on anxiety and anxious behavior, it's not going to be an overnight fix. I mean, I wish I had the power to come in and snap my finger and make your puppy be better, but I know that that's not reality. So, so keep in mind that, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a puppy, whether it's a, a young adult or a senior dog, there are techniques and tips that we can use that will help no, help them no matter what age they're at. When you are, I mentioned, you know, crate anxiety, and sometimes people prefer maybe an X-Pen over a crate. That's fine, too. Um, I know a lot of times, you know, I, I hear dogs escape from 
from wire crates. So sometimes it might be worth it to find a collapsible or a portable um, enclosed crate of some sort. Um, I, I fostered um, a puppy a couple years ago, a Catahoula leopard. Um, and she was, she was the first one that I experienced where she really did. She broke out of three wire crates. And after crate number three, I should have wised up after the first two, but I'd let it go for three. Um, I bought an enclosed crate. And then once she realized that she couldn't get out, her anxiety calmed down. And then I was able to go in and reward her, sit out in the garage with her and kind of throw treats to her, walk out the door, drive her on the block and come back and get her comfortable with me leaving and then working with her on that too. So it, I mean, it took some time. It took experimenting to figure out, you know, what crate was going to work best for her. But in the end, she was a foster. I knew she was going to be going to another home that eventually was probably going to have to be created if the owners might be working. So we, I wanted to make sure that she was going to be in the best possible home before she left my house. So in terms of making the crate fun, Let's talk about crate games. You can drop treats in the crate. You can feed them in the crate. You can put their toys in the crate. A lot of times you can um, open the crate on both ends and just let the dog run through it during the day. Or if it's a double-sided crate um, or double-door crate, have them go in one end and come out the other. Have them, have them go in the crate and sit. Have them go in the crate and lay down. And then give them rewards every time that they follow through with those commands too. But that definitely helps just teach them that, hey, the crate's not such a bad place. And then you want a reward when you put them in the crate and you close the door. A lot of times that's a trigger for some dogs. They're, they're fine in the crate as long as the door is open. But once you close the door, um, Cujo emerges and they're, they're not happy at all. So a lot of times what you can do is just right before you close that door, you know, there's some different techniques that, um, that we utilize. And again, this is something where I would probably either need to meet with your pet one-on-one um, or find a, a trainer in your area that can help you with this too. But there's some things that you can do where before you close that door to help your dog associate that door, that crate door closing with something positive. So they're not immediately barking and lunging as soon as that door closes. The other thing is, when you come home, not to let your pet out of the crate right away. You know, I know, you know, I've, I've had a number of dogs growing up too. And the first thing you do, you come in the door, you hear your puppy, yep, 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 yep. You go running to the door, you open the door and they take off out of the crate like a rocket every single time. They jump up on you, they jump up on family, they jump up on kids. The biggest thing that you want to work on is having them be calm before you open that crate door. Ideally, I'd like to teach them to be calm before they go in the crate too, but even coming out. So if I come in, I might put my purse down. I might pet my cats, use the restroom, change my clothes. Then I'll go over and I'll calmly, hey, pup, what's up? And then, you know, get ready to open the crate door. Wait, you know, once they're calm, I'll open the door to let them out. But I don't want them to think that they can come out when they're anxious and excited and barking and yipping, you know, because that's just going to teach them that they're going to get to get out faster when you do that. So it takes time. And again, for everybody listening, I feel you. I realize how hard this is. And when you're dealing with personal anxiety or with dogs too, sometimes we have to change our habits to help make, to help our dogs be successful. So don't, don't be afraid to let your puppy whine a little bit or bark a little bit. And you can ask for a calm sit. You can ask them to stand and wait while you open the crate door and then allow them to come out um, and then let them outside, you know, greet them. But the more you do that successfully over and over again, and lots and lots of repetitions are going to make that be successful too. 
And and again with crates, like um, Rusty's in a crate at home right now. He's about a year and a half, um, and it's just a safe place for him to be. As soon as we get ready to leave, I'm just like, okay, Rusty, in your crate, and he goes and runs in his crate. You know, I give him a give him a treat once he's in there. Close the door. The radio's already been on, and I can walk out the door, and he's fine. You know, when I come home, he's going to bark as soon as he hears the truck pull up. But again, I'll come in. I'll do what I need to do. Walk over to the crate. Rusty, sit. Wait open up the crate door, and then when I'm ready, I'll let him out. But if he's barking and whining, he's going to have to wait. Um, and sometimes it does require you to teach your dog some patience too. Um, I know that's hard, easier said than done, but, um, but the more you work at it, the better you'll get with that. And just keep repeating, this is what my puppy needs, not what he wants. This is what my puppy needs, not what he wants. And I think a lot of times the more you think about that, you're going to be more successful because we, yeah, we want to give our puppies treats and love and cuddles and hugs and all that stuff too. And some puppies want that and some puppies um, can definitely have that. And some puppies can have it, but it's after they've been mentally or physically um, stimulated in another way first where we need to calm their brain down before we give them too much of that, um, too much of that too much of those loves and, and cuddles and snuggles. Um, when you do put your dogs in the crate, there's nothing wrong with um, using a white noise machine, playing music. You know, you can definitely diffuse essential oils that are safe if it's something that your puppy can have. I do like them to be in an open area, though, so that way the it's not um, – the the smell isn't all in one area. Sometimes that can be too strong for, for some pets too, but there are some really calming oils. And again, work with somebody that is familiar with those so we can find reputable oils that are safe. I wouldn't say all oils are going to be good for all dogs um, and not all oils will work for everything that you need as well. Um, I know some dogs have had good success with thunder shirts, whether that's for crates or thunderstorms or just anxiety in general. And I'm a big fan of um, remote-controlled treat dispensing devices, too. I think that those really help with crates and with um, separation, too. Um, and it can even benefit with um, separation as well because that way – when the puppy is calm, you can dispense a treat from another part of the house and the dog is getting a reward. Um, the other thing is utilizing technology that we have available to us. Um, smartphones are amazing devices, especially if there's two people in the household. You could put one phone in the room where the crate's at, where the dog is at, and this can be good for crate or separation anxiety too. But if you can actually... Um, watch what the dog is doing, and then the minute they take a deep breath, the minute that they close their eyes, the minute that they offer a relaxing body posture, dispense a treat for them. Um, and over time, the dog is going to start to give those calming signals more frequently. So that's a really good way for you to be able to mark a behavior where you're not right there immediately watching the dog. Um, I know sometimes even those um, ring cameras or nest cameras, you can have them focusing on a part of the house so you can see which dog might be counter surfing. That's kind of counterproductive to crate training. But if you're not crate training and you're one of your puppies is getting into trouble, who's potting in the kitchen, who's eating, you know, last night's dinner, who's, you know, tearing up the boxes, you're able to figure out who that is. Because a lot of times, you know, owners are like, oh, I know it's so-and-so, I know it's so-and-so. And then they put a camera up and they're like, well, I'll be darned. It was, <laughs> it was the older dog that actually is the one that was causing the trouble. 
So sometimes you learn a lot of things about your dogs by being able to observe them when you're not there too. Um, but the biggest thing is time and patience and just helping your dog learn some coping skills. I think that that's critical for them to be able to do. I love teaching dogs how to place, how to settle, using some um, massaging techniques, conditioned relaxation. Um, there's a lot of terms out there that you can definitely use, but if you can teach a dog how to relax in the presence of um, gunfire, thunder, um, thunderstorms, thunder, things like that, that definitely just helps. It'll help them develop those coping skills if they do have to um, encounter something scary, going to the vet or going to the groomer um, or being separated from you for a short period of time as well. Um, a lot of times if they are anxious, the more structure you can give them, the better. I find if anxious dogs are left alone, they tend to be destructive. They can eat things they're not supposed to. They can tear things up that they're not supposed to. Um, sometimes they can hurt themselves, too, if they're biting or pawing or licking um, or even salivating excessively, too. So that's where sometimes having some of those um, smartphones or different tools that you can utilize to actually watch your camera. There's some treat dispensing devices that actually have cameras built into them. So you can actually sometimes even talk to your pet or reward accordingly as well. Um, and I do think that those are really, um, really helpful to have. I know the it's, it's an expensive model, but it's called the Pet Tutor. Um, and I found that to be really, really nice. I do like the Furbo a lot. That's been really successful. Um, but the Pet Tutor is really nice because it's just got so many good um, uses, applications. You can use it on your phone. You can use it on your laptop. But that way you can really time exactly the behavior that you want to reward. Um, but talking about anxious dogs and confining um, their their space, you have to be careful and do that in the vehicle too. I see a lot of dogs that are running loose in the vehicle. Um, they might be seat belted in, but they have a lot of freedom within the seat belt too. Whereas if they're in a crate and, and it might have to be a crate that's got a blanket over it or that it's a, a crate that um, is um, enclosed in all of the way too, um, just so that way they're not running around. Um, some dogs have anxiety because they either have motion sickness or they just don't like being in the car. So again, and this is where it takes patience and lots of repetition, I will feed my dog in the car. I will give them treats in the car. We'll, you know, play in the car. Then we'll get out or we'll get in the car and we'll drive down the driveway. We'll get in the car and we'll drive around the block. You know, it's not, again, it's not a quick fix. It's something that's going to take time. And this is where some people will pay trainers to do because this is what we do. We, we will take that time. We will work with that dog one-on-one, -on -one, maybe multiple repetitions a day, but we can help them overcome some of those fears that they might be having um, and help them get comfortable with those scenarios where they are anxious and nervous. But ideally, you want to try and help um, Keep them mentally busy. So if something is making them anxious or nervous, if you can, you know, use food, use treats, use distractions, use body massages, use different techniques that will help with that. You know, what works for what works for your neighbor's dog may not work for your dog. So we need to assess each dog individually and figure out a way to help them. Um, and the same applies to thunderstorms and fireworks too. Sometimes I'll play a thunderstorm low on a phone or on a radio and 
in play it while they're eating. Um, no big deal to the dogs. They're eating. They're getting treats. We're playing ball. Then I'll slowly start turning up the volume a little bit. Thunderstorms are a little bit harder because there is that barometric pressure and static electricity that dogs are feeling that we are not necessarily aware of. So again, you, you've heard it before that dogs can sense thunderstorms coming hours before we even get them. Um, and a lot of times they will go hide in a bathroom because they want to be next to something, a sink, a bathtub, because it's going to help ground some of that static that they're, that they're feeling. But the more that we can do to kind of help them with those noises, um, a lot of times we'll say movement can dissipate stress. So if you have a dog that just sits in one spot and just shakes the whole time that you have them in there, put a leash on that puppy and move them around the house. Even if you're just walking in a circle, walking back and forth in a room. If you have a dog that's kind of got the zoomies and they're jumping over furniture and running under the couch, that's a dog I would work on having them place or settle on a specific command. I want to try to get their mental energy focused on me so I can give them something else to focus on as opposed to the thunder and lightning that they're hearing outside. And again, as I'm doing this with the dog, you can't feel sorry for your dog. You can't be empathetic. You want to be a leader for your puppy. You know, yeah, the thunder really sucks right now, buddy. I know, but we're going to play some games. Okay, ready? Here we go. And the more that you can kind of be calm and objective, your dog is going to appreciate and gravitate to that. Oh, thank God my owner can kind of like give me some guidance and this is what I'm looking for as opposed to it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I mean, the more you do that, that's not teaching your dog how to cope. Um, and it's probably making you more anxious too because it's you, you feel bad for your dog and then you're both miserable anytime a thunderstorm is coming out too. Um, but the more that ideally, um, and this is where um, get in touch with a local trainer that can help you with this as well. Um, anywhere in the East Central Indiana area, definitely feel free to contact me. I've worked with a variety of dogs with a lot of different anxieties, and it takes time and repetition. But once you have the tools and the knowledge and you can see that it's successful, um, you're more likely to kind of follow through and continue to keep um, utilizing those techniques with your dogs too, and then to do even more with them. Um, and then once you have a positive experience, then, you know, you have a good you're positive, you have a good attitude, you're excited, and then you're going to be able to relate that to your dog as well. Um, we didn't talk as much about separation anxiety. I might do another podcast just specifically focused on that um, down the road. But hopefully some of these tips that we talked about here today will give you some ideas. Um, and a lot of it is changing your behavior. You know, yes, we want to also change our dog's state of mind, but we have to also change our behavior too. And again, I feel you folks. I realize it. It stinks. It's any, anytime you want to change anything, it's a work in progress. Um, right now I'm trying to, you know, cut out carbs and cut out diet sodas. And believe me, it is a work in progress, but I know it will be better for me down the road. And it will also um, make me just more energetic, um, help my body get good fuel um, and doing things that are going to help me be better effective to help owners um, and dogs in the community as well. So realize that change takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. And hopefully some of these tips and techniques um, will be beneficial for you. I hope you guys are um, excited. Next week, we're actually going to have Tracy Nelson on the show with us. She owns Tracy's Mobile Grooming. Um, so we're going to be talking about all things grooming, how often to bathe, when to brush your teeth, um, when to get your nails clipped, and how to help your dogs enjoy the grooming experience. So have a wonderful day and look for our podcast next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Bark Talk. For more information, go to our website, advancedcaninetechniques.com, or find us on Facebook.